welcome to Control Alt Revolt, the podcast, special evening edition, episode number 126. You got it. It is the, uh, we have the mic here, soprano, little champagne soprano. <laughs> I'm single white Medusa. This is Nick Cole. But tonight's your alter ego, champagne soprano. This is Champagne Soprano coming at you. <laughs> I'm the nighttime fun version of Single White Medusa. I think Single White Medusa is fun. Oh, thank you. But Champagne <laughs> Soprano's a kick, too. <laughs> She's had a few today, folks. That's uh, okay. Let's say a couple. <laughs> no! <Nah. laughs> hey. You're just a good time at gal. I'm fun. I'm good. Yeah. Life is good. It was, well, it was a crazy weekend, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness. It was a roller coaster of a weekend. With your Amazon craziness that Amazon put you through, you yeah. and Jace. Yeah, I talked about it. I sent out the little newsletter that I send out on Mondays. If you got that, you maybe got some inklings or you know me on social media. Um, but basically just, you know, for the, the podcast, the podcast, the chat. The chat. Hey, the chat. Hey, chat. <laughs> hey, chat. <laughs> um, for the chat, we would say, we would tell you, we need to, we need to tell you what, what went on. And basically what happened is about Saturday night, I got a call from my partner over at Galaxy's Edge. Jason and Spock got a, a very nasty letter from Amazon. It wasn't nasty. It was, uh, it was cold, and cold and calculated and evil when you kind of like add up a lot of things. But it was basically your account has been terminated because of multiple account violations. And Jason's like point to where we violated any account things. Because we don't. Jason's really scrupulous about that stuff. There's times that I've wanted to do things. He's like, nope, that's a TOS violation. I'm like, oh, can't do that. So we're pretty, you know, we, we try to be very upright in all our... We don't try to be, we are. In our business dealings and how we adhere to the rules. Because them's the rules and, you know, they'll use it against you if they... So we've seen other people canceled. And we just always play by the rules and do those things. So um, what kind of bothered me was the end of the the email on you know 6 30 on a saturday night which was um and you're basically you know in their verbiage you're banned for life can't make any more accounts can never upload any books on amazon it's like oh wow that's crazy for a guy who basically makes all his money off of amazon and you know pays for his family and everything uh, and, you know, for both Jason and I, that was like, hey, guess what? You have no more income anymore. How do you feel about that? You know, and it's like, you know, Catalina at Amazon, you know, like some nobody, you know, just basically ended your pretty big money making career. And the thing that I always hate about sort of Internet TOS tech companies is like and Facebook, if you ever had any dealings with Facebook or Twitter, is there's no recourse. You just get this nasty letter like years ago they canceled my ability to run ads and they would i would just you know protest it and i would write and say what have i done here they would never tell you what you've done wrong and then they would say and you can never appeal this you can never have it like it's like it's like you're dealing with a mean 15 year old girl and so you know because they know they never they never have to have any accountability to you um or anything like that they can just abuse you and 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 you're you pay for the privilege of being abused so we looked and analyzed the situation, and for me, a Saturday night um, takedown uh, in the middle of a three-day weekend kind of smelled more like a hacker. And this kind of stuff happens 
at Amazon because it's such a really well-run company with great customer service. And um, <laughs> so it sounded like everybody had – like I was just reading this guy's thread about what it's like to work at a tech company because he works at a big one. He didn't name it, but he said, you've used this service. And then he intimated that it had a female CEO, and I can kind of guess who that is. Who has a female CEO? Uh, what is it? I think Reddit or is it Reddit has a female CEO or something like that. But it, it was one of those. But I knew mm-hmm. I knew you would do that. <laughs> and I knew I would be totally unprepared <laughs> for your Muppet like question. Like, who has that, Kermit? <laughs> I thought I was helping. Let's count to 463 and divide it by the square root of two. <laughs> What's that number? Ah, uh, <laughs> it is. Oh, I'm sorry. Three oranges. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, so anyway. The, now I gotta uh, get the motivation going again here. The female CEO. So basically um basically he was saying that like working at a tech company right now is is totally demoralizing because no one's working. Everybody has a case of the SADs and they're all staying home. Um if you're any kind of person of color or whatever, you can basically get away with murder and no one calls you out. And the thing that really sort of like summed it all up is he said the, the the companies, the big tech companies are making their living on code that was written 10 years ago, as in no one can get anything done. And so when you have that kind of thing, you're, you're ripe for hacking because all your code is out of date and exposed. And of course, it and, and, I, and also there was a huge cyber war this weekend uh, with Russia trying to take the Ukraine. And so I just kind of figured, eh, it's probably a hack. Jason said it's probably a bot. This kind of thing happens. But at the same time, it's not necessarily an accident. I mean, the the letter could have the letter could have been algorithmically generated, but still, to get a letter like that with the last paragraph saying basically you can never publish stories again on the only platform that kind of really matters. So um, we you know we responded immediately and told them no, you know that we hadn't done anything and could could we have some sort of redress and you know, uh, some sort of arbitration and get our account up because, you know, we're bleeding a lot of money every day now that you've taken us down. And immediately the readers like start saying, hey, I can't find Galaxy's Edge. I was in the middle of the series, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, potential readers go, oh, I heard about these books and I can't find them. So like, thanks for all the damage that you're doing. Um, And also it's a it's a three day weekend. So we kind of theorized we weren't going to see anything until Tuesday. But lo and behold, it got up today. Now, we were advised by a, a, a consigliere that we might want to get a, a Twitter campaign going. So thanks to God, and I thank God in all of this. It's not that anyone else, the Twitter or whatever. Yeah, I think everybody we were participated. All so we were, we were <laughs> pretty like, yeah, like it was a big moment. We were ready to fight. And we went into sort of emergency planning mode about what we're going to do next. And there's a little story about that coming. Um, and I think this will be a long, ongoing conversation. But... Um, once we started the Twitter campaign and got everybody retweeting about our books down, oh, lo and behold, someone went and flicked the switch. And then this morning, after our books were up, we got a letter from Amazon saying, oh, we made a, a there was an error or it was a mistake. It was like it was a no culpability thing. And then at the end, we got threatened again. Make sure not to violate your TOS if you don't want this to happen again. So we're like, but we didn't violate that. You obviously screwed up or... Or the question I've begun to ask myself now, and, and maybe the chat can talk about it, and we can discuss, because I think I have a lot more to say this week on this. And I'm going to be coming back to this topic because we made some pretty major decisions today. 
but basically was that a chill did did we get the chill on that kind of stuff like you know like hey you know maybe i i mean it could be me it could be i mean obviously you would from this podcast and even the books that i've written why wouldn't it be me um jason's not too much like that uh in, in public um but we have to we kind of have to play that game that way because it leaves us an out the it could because of the galaxy's edge audience we were told like when we first made our deal with amazon oh we love veterans veterans are great we want to do everything for veterans we see by your data and your analytics they have a huge veteran audience we want to promote you and now since blm like and and since afghanistan everything like that the contempt for the military like there's no love anymore in these corporations for the military they don't even go through the sort of pro forma you know mouthing the words we support our vets you know it's now all the magic people and all the imagined wrongs so it could be that they just don't like the ge audience it could be they don't like the things that are written in ge which in a lot of ways people like write us up and they're like how did you know all this stuff was coming? Because there are a lot of weird parallels with what's happening and, and what happened to G. We don't know. We were just making stuff up. It was all God. God put that stuff in there fictionally. And for some reason it matches and, and adds up. But man, when you get to gods and legionnaires, it's scary how real that stuff is uh, and what they're all about. I mean, like it's, it's pretty, and, and it's a, it's a roadmap to nightmares. So, we say all that to say, Jason and I arrived, like we had a lot of emergency battle planning over the weekend about what we were going to do, because if our money was suddenly cut off, we were going to need to basically do what's called going wide, putting our books on other platforms, selling our books through our website, and begin to do things to generate money. And so last night, when it kind of looked thing, like things were swinging our way when we got up this morning, we decided, you know what, that scared the living hell out of us. It was foolish for us to have all our eggs in one basket. And now we need to make a plan so that this can never happen again. So today, I think we came up with a really good plan to do two things. And plug your ears, those who don't like offensive words, but Nick Cole has a motto, and it's called, don't take shit from anybody. And there are people that can attest to that, I would say. Mm-hmm. Don't take shit from anybody. Like, they know that I live that. Yeah. So uh, I'm not taking shit from Amazon. You're not going to call me up or write me a letter and say, oh, we made a mistake, but by the way, don't mess up. That felt very chilling. So I'm going to punch back a little. We're going to punch back a little. Amazon, we're going to punch. GE is going to punch back a little bit on Amazon. And we're going to take some things away now that make them money. And we're going to give them to you. We're going to make them more available to you. And we've decided to, the way that I look at the business is, we're selling pizzas and you're coming for pizzas, the readers and Amazon standing at the front door saying, Oh, those are our pizza buyers. Cause we got them here to you. And we, we get money and we also reserve the right to close the door whenever they, we want to like they did this weekend. And I don't think that's right. Cause they're there to buy my pizzas. They're not there. You know, like I was fully willing to share some of my creative revenue with Amazon if they were going to be cool about it, if they weren't going to play favorites about it, if they weren't going to do what blatantly looks like a chilling attack, even though this was done to other people, it makes me wonder how many of us got chilled or was it, you know, get, get one guy like Nick Cole and chill a bunch of others. So you have plausibility, plausible deniability, but the customer service on the backside 
the loss of a lot of money over you know a weekend when people buy a lot of books because they're sitting around and it might be a little vacation weekend or whatever and just a threat you know like that tells you everything about the tech overstate and why you don't want to give them any more power or let them run things because you know just ask yourself do you want the people running your healthcare who won't even respond to your emails when you have a problem with a facebook account do you want the people you know um running uh, uh, your your defensive systems for your government or your government itself or your taxes your or your mo- who, who, who decide what you can and can't post online, what you can and can't cannot think, who try to convince your friends that you're a monster because you don't think the way that Twitter thinks or the way that Facebook thinks. I mean, like, do you they they haven't even earned the right to do that. I mean, like these are people who can't stop hackers from hacking yet they want to run the government you know and that's that's typical of the elites you can't even do the like like the dmv you can't even do the one job good that you want yet you want more work so enough said about that that is an ongoing story the galaxy's edge books are back up today i think that they will be up for a while i don't think that there will be any problems unless me running my mouth gets us thrown out but i intend to run my mouth a little for the for the time being I intend to take some shots all the way up to the chain to to Chad Bezos himself. I've got some things to say. <laughs> um, stand by. It's probably going to be fairly brutal. But you know what? If, you know, I did King Lear when I did Shakespeare, um, the fool is the most powerful person in the equation because he's the only one who can speak truth to the king. And the moment you get rid of the fool, you can't, you can't call out, you can't, to borrow a phrase from whoever, you can't speak truth to power. And the, the the moment you can't do that, you are in a tyranny. And when you're in a tyranny, you don't have any more rights. You're just tapping on your keyboard, asking Facebook why you're locked out of your account. And they're they're just laughing at you. Like, they, you don't get anything. You don't get your friends. We decide whether you get food and water, just like Australia. We decide whether you get out of your little cell and all these kinds of things. It's garbage. It's bullshit. I got a lot to say about it. Flipping over to another thing today that really sort of fried my jalapenos. <laughs> um, a year ago, people were talking about medicine for murder or medical medical murder. And they were basically saying, oh, these people are going into the hospital and they're dying. And people are saying, well, they're they're doing the you know they're doing the ventilators, they're doing the remdesivir, and people are saying, yeah, they're monetizing that. We knew that with the tests and everything like that. Long story short, there's there's a doctor, Lee Vui. I think it's I think she must have a Vietnamese last name, though she's not Vietnamese, or maybe it's French, or something like that. But it's V U I E T, and they pronounce it Vui. So her name's Lee Vui. Or you know what? It's it was hard to read, but it's V L I E T Vliet Vliet Vliet. So it's French. Yeah. Like a plie. Yeah. What's a plie? That's like a ballet move. It's like sort of like, move. you know, sort of like your feet are turned out, and then it's like a little, basically for the weightlifters out there, it's like a squat, but you know, your feet are like really turned out, so yeah. it looks different. <laughs> could you do this? Sure. Oh, yeah. Champagne can Soprano can do anything. You could do it. You just turn your feet out and then do a squat, yeah. and then your knees go out more. Okay. That's it. <laughs> it's really easy. Okay. <laughs> um, I, uh, so... She's basically broken it down. We'll, we'll put the report in the chat. Give us a few minutes because we got to go do something after we get this up. But she's basically showing how the, the 
the basically I don't know I, I guess it you could call it the death factory. Yeah. The death factory has been monetized, um, and the hospitals are complicitous. And she absolves the doctors. She's like, well, they're just they're just following protocol and everything. But I'm like, that's bullshit. You're doing it. Everybody's doing it. And it is it is weird how you get to these totalitarian fascist states and everybody absolves themselves of loading the trains and turning on the gas ovens. But the way that she breaks it down, the things that we've known, yeah, they monetized for an outcome. What did you think would happen? So how did they monetize for the outcome? Well, first off, they monetized for a positive COVID test. So, duh, what do you think hospitals were going to do? Test every single person. They're going to and everybody's going to have COVID. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then that that monetized oh. admission. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you admitted somebody then who had COVID that you tested, then you got more money. Now, here's the really big kicker, remdesivir. Okay. So if we go into the Sherman Wayback machine, and we remember everything we learned about remdesivir. Fauci gets up and says, ah, oh, remdesivir, it's really, really effective. I've looked at the clinical trials and everything, and this is great. And this was when they were trying the hydroxychloroquine conversation. And Fauci comes out of nowhere and basically dives in front of hydroxychloroquine and says, remdesivir and the droplets. It's the droplets that are making. Okay, so here's the deal on remdesivir. No one ever read the study because the study says a bunch of people died and and Fauci, I, I believe, uh, owns the patent on remdesivir sure. or makes some kind of money, money from remdesivir. Yeah. Okay. So now the government tells the COVID-positive, COVID-admitted hospital people, if you put them on remdesivir, any and all treatments, even if they're there for a gunshot or a motorcycle accident or whatever, they get a 20% boost on their bill, on, their, uh, on everything they bill for, and the government covers that 20%. So now you've monetized remdesivir. So what does remdesivir do? Oh, it totally shuts down your kidneys. Now, then you look further, and there was a huge case in, I think it was Minnesota this weekend, where this family was fighting for this dude's life, and the hospital was starving him to death. They were trying to put him on remdesivir. Other people are surfacing now. This is Mercy Hospital in Minnesota. The ironically named Mercy Hospital. And they have this protocol of not feeding people, starving to them the, to death, drugging them into insensibility, putting them on midazoplam and I think lazoplam, which is kind of the same thing, and that shuts down their ability to breathe. Then they put a, a ventilator in them and they go, oh, look, we're going to check out the ventilator. They can't breathe because that's what midazoplam does. It shuts down your diaphragm. You can't breathe. They increase the medications. They starve you. They keep giving you remdesivir to kill you. And lo and behold, you die. And the final monetization, really not actually, they get monetized for the death. Then the coroner gets monetized for the death. They have monetized for an outcome. They have not monetized for an outcome of health mm-hmm. in which everybody that walks out having had COVID, having been admitted for COVID lives. They didn't give people money for that. See, that's what they should have done. They gave people money for people who died. So mm-hmm. as Christ diagnose, diagnoses, the, you know, this is the opposite of humanism. Humanism says everybody's really basically good. Humanity's good. Anybody who's been in the subway or on public transport <laughs> or the DMV can tell you that's bullshit. Humanity is deceptively wicked. Your hearts are deceptively wicked. What did you think people were going to do when you monetized for the outcome of patients dying of COVID? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It is so evil. So, yeah, we will definitely post that. And I believe she was saying also something about now 
um, at least with the tests, they are, because there's been this monkeying around the whole time with with the PCR tests with what's called cycle thresholds. Yeah. And they do, each cycle threshold, like, amplifies what they're looking at, like, one level or whatever. Um, they, from day one, were doing way too many cycle thresholds where even the inventors of the tests were like, you're going to get so many false positives with that many amplifications, it's not even funny. Um so they were doing that at first to amp up the numbers of, oh, COVID, COVID, oh, it's so scary and dangerous. But now, apparently, I think what she was saying is they're now doing <laughs> more cycle thresholds for unvaccinated patients, basically yep. so they can get more false positives and do all the stuff t- to them that you're just saying when they don't even need it, um, when they're just there for something else, and like lower cycle thresholds for vaccinated patients, where then they'll only kind of test positive if they really are positive, whereas the unvax now... They're getting all kinds of people that they're doing these, like, death protocols to that maybe don't even have COVID as a true problem. Chat, let's give a big hand to Champagne Soprano for getting all of it through all of that coherently. Like, I, if I would even had, like, some vanilla extract, I couldn't have said what you just <laughs> or said. some mouthwash or I'd just be like, ah, you know, <laughs> damn government. That'd be me. I'd just be a puddle. But you... Drinking makes you smarter. Exactly. Slow and steady wins the race. No, I, this, I don't know, well, I do know why, but, like, this topic has been so interesting yeah, me, really to me for so, see, now I can't You have turned on your big so research long. brain for this topic. But I can't do it unless something fascinates me. Like, yeah. I cannot force myself if something's boring to me, but for I've some I've seen that. I know, but, like, I've just, I, I've seen the importance of this. We were I've just we were just getting something to eat in an izakaya bar, and there was a movie on behind us, and it was, and she goes, "What movie is that?" And I go, "It's Sandra Bullock, and I think it's Gravity." She goes, "What's that about?" And she goes, "Well, she's an astronaut," and I could literally see the Medusa's like eyes go to half mast, and basically her like as soon as I said the word space, she was like, "Lame." No, no, no. I like yeah. some space movies, and I like Sandra Bullock sometimes, but to me, those two don't go together. Like, right. I find it hard to believe that she's an astronaut. That's all. I was just saying, yeah. like, uh, I don't know I that I think that people said it was good. For me. Okay. But I could see just you check out. You're like, now, if I would have said, oh, it's about Louis Vuitton fashion house in <laughs> 1950s Paris, you like, know, you'd be, you would just be like, <laughs> oh, are they using the Manet that he had over his desk? Like Which you, designer are they using yeah, from yeah. the 1956 collection or yeah. the 1958? Yeah, you'd have been all over that. <laughs> no. um, so a, a couple a couple of things. Um, hospitals are scaring the hell out of me. Yes. Just the things that I'm hearing. I'd be real careful about going to the hospital. That's just warning. I'm not being freaky or whatever. Um, uh, when you watch this segment, it's on the Stu Peter show. Um yeah, consider getting a, a, a ADR directive. What was it? An advanced doctor directive. You know, that sounds right, yeah. One of those health directives <laughs> where they can't kill you. <laughs> right. Now, they offer one on their website that has a very specific set of questions that might be pertinent. But you might just want to make sure that your loved one has some medical powers of attorney over over you or you over them. Because there are definitely some shenanigans. And just the basic thing is they have monetized for an outcome of demise. I'm pretty sure here's the points on that on the document that you want to be there that I gathered. Number one, you do not submit to them doing a PCR COVID test on your loved one or yourself. Number two, apparently this is in there uh, in some of them 
where they can give you the COVID vaccine yeah. against your will, like if you're kind of out of it or whatever. So that's the number two. Well, I've to had me, that... that would be the number one thing. Like they cannot, like I do not yeah. submit to the COVID vaccine no matter what, no matter how out of it I yeah. am. I've, ha- I've had that fear like yeah. about like, you know, that they'll try to vaccinate you or something yeah. like that. So th- those are, those are some things that we all might want to consider. Cause I don't think this is over yet. I think there is a feeling the Omicron is busted. Definitely in, in Orange County, there's still a little bit of a war going on. I think in other places, it's more sane. I do think they're going to pull some more shenanigans because they've got, like we've talked about, they've got too much writing on the patents for the health passport system and, and, and the direction that they want to go. So I don't think we're out of the woods yet. I wish we were. I think possibly a bombshell could blow all this up. I don't know. Biden seems like he's falling apart by the moment. Um, basically saying George Floyd was greater than Martin Luther King, oh which, you know, African-American people, black people, does not tell you everything. Yeah. I mean, does that not tell you everything? I mean, that, that just tells you what he thinks of you. Mm-hmm. So there's those things. I think the Amazon is going to be an ongoing story uh, that I'm going to want to talk about this week. I think I'm going to write a pretty b- big blog article. I'm just thinking about it, but just, you know, like, just maybe going after Amazon and its treatment of writers a little bit. That seems to be kind of my job around here. Um, and then uh, the GE thing is going to be really interesting. We're going to have a big thing next Monday about the direction that we're going to in a way that if you want to get away from Amazon, we're going to do a pretty new thing and we're going to make it worth your while. We've decided to become the third place that you encounter books. You know, you encounter books at home and you can encounter books over Amazon. And I think we're going to make a pretty serious bid to be a new place to get books and maybe provide the anonymity of getting the books that you want. What we're all seeing in sort of the data space and the data sphere is that they want to know everything about you and what you do. And that's fine and dandy. I think, like, again, we go back to those early days of the Patriot Act where they were going after real terrorists like Muslims. And we're all like, yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm fine with you finding out there. And then, lo and behold, 20 years later, the Patriot Act is being used on us. And the question I would ask everybody as we wrap this up tonight is, are you comfortable buying on Amazon? Let me put it this way. This is a better way to say it. Are you comfortable that your boss or whoever you work for, your work superior or whatever, your your boss, I guess that would be called, Um, are you comfortable having them know what you buy on Amazon? That's something to think about. And that's the podcast tonight. We will be back tomorrow and thank you.